Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Tech Cat Show. And we are continuing our journey on the road to the Infinity Festival. We're getting close. And this is the big festival happening in Hollywood, uh, in Los Angeles, November 7th through 9th. And it's all about storytelling being enabled by technology. And we've been talking to so many great speakers and advisors and people involved in the ecosystem between Silicon Valley and Hollywood. And today is no different. We have the fabulous Aaron Riley, Professor Aaron Riley. And Aaron is really a mover and shaker in academia when it comes to emerging media. And she's currently the professor of practice and the director of innovation and entrepreneurship for Moody College of Communications at the University of Texas at Austin. And she's really been a force in innovation and entrepreneurship for students in the new media space. So Erin's going to give us a good sense of her background, but also how do you actually attack all of this from an academic perspective? Because students, after all, and our young folks are really the ones that are digging deep into new technology. So we're going to find out all of this and more with the fabulous Erin Riley. Let's hear it for Erin. Aw, thanks, Lori. It's great to be back on your show. I think last time we talked about augmented reality. <laughs> and, and in so many ways, my reality continues to be augmented. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, does, I think for both of us, for sure. <laughs> but since we spoke, um, you took on this great new role of building out this yes. uh, department and initiatives um, in Texas. So give us a sense of, of what you, you're up to, what you've been up to. You, you moved last, last year. Is it last year? Yep, I moved last year, so this is my second year here at UT Austin, and in that time, um, I started the Innovation and Entrepreneurship Initiative for Moody College of Communication, which we call Imagine Moody, because we don't feel like you can actually really imagine the unknown into existence without an imagination, and I'm dealing with, you know, helping the students who are in the College of Communication really think through what does entrepreneurship and innovation mean to them. And, you know, to develop the next generation of visionaries, we want them to really embrace some core goals here at the College of Communication, which is really thinking about responsibility and ethics, responsiveness, accessibility and diversity, as well as innovation. Um, So we always take kind of a social and cultural approach to the emerging technologies and try to explore from the audience or the human-centric approach how storytelling storytelling can be uh, continued to change and evolve. I love that um, because certainly grown-ups don't think about all of that. (laughs) So tell us how you you break it all down because, again, you're building this program from scratch. So so give us a sense of, of how you move through it. Yeah, so with Imagine Moody, which is kind of the big initiative for the entire college, uh, the first thing I did was I realized that here we were trying to engage students in emerging technology, and yet we didn't have a lab for them to experience it. And, you know, they're students, so they're trying to, like, you know, scrimp a couple of dollars together to get a pizza for dinner and probably doesn't have all the tech, all the technology in their hands in their dorm room. So building out the uh, Imagine Lab was my first step. And that allowed me to reach out to all of my friends. And if any of you are out there, please reach out to me in regards to getting demos here in the lab for students to experience, you know, VR um, from you know, an untethered approach with the Vive Pro to playing with the Oculus to even exploring different games. We've got some Arduino and beacons, and we've kind of created a whole part of the lab as like a smart home space (laughs) for them to explore sensors as new forms of technology. And it's really opened up the doors for students to imagine uh, what are some new possibilities and new ideas. 
And that brings me to um, Digital Diversity Day, which we're partnering with Infinity Festival on. Um, Digital Diversity Day was like, hey, these students are in this lab. They're starting to experiment with emerging technology. They're coming up with new ideas. Let's actually have a student um, pitch, a student idea pitch on where story is advanced by technology. We, we literally were like, okay, how can I play this to Infinity Festival? So I got Dell Project Innovate to sponsor Digital Diversity Day, and we held our first pitch competition, and five finalist teams will present this Sunday on our main stage here at the Moody Auditorium. Oh, my gosh, that's so exciting. So how do you judge something like that? Um, well, we... It's interesting because I'm thinking, I wanted to really think about creatives in the business world. And usually when you think about a pitch competition on a university campus, it's often geared to business students or students who have a business mindset who can really talk about the market research and the business and the revenue model. And we wanted to actually uh, kind of flip it and start with the creative and the experience. And so I held some pitch workshops to get students to think about how they pitched ideas as experiences and used things we use in game development of like I introduced a beautiful corner and a vertical slice, which is part of game development when you're getting your games ready and said, hey, when you come up with an idea, you need your beautiful corner. You know, you need something that's going to highlight your imagery and your story and how you're going to reach audience. And don't get afraid by market analysis because, or market research because it's really just knowing your audience as fans. So talk about who you know and how you're going to engage them. Um, and I think that opened up a lot of creatives on campus to the idea of, oh, wait a second, these experiences can one day be a business, but let's just share the ideas. So we've got a game presenting on Sunday. We've got uh, um, a geolocated podcast series or interactive podcast series. We've got, um, oh my God, we've got a physical digital kind of like pop-up experience, um, a couple of others. So it'll, it'll be good. It'll be good. And then the winner, just to tie it back to Infinity Festival, because I know we're on the road to there, the winner <laughs> of this um, Digital Diversity Day will actually come and present uh, at Infinity Festival. Students are pretty excited that it's a, a free trip to Hollywood and to, to get to meet uh, all the industry experts. And, and maybe run into, you know, like Kevin Bacon or something. Um <laughs> You know, maybe. Um, it's only you know, six so, degrees, right? Right, exactly. Um, it's, it's very exciting. So do you, do, do you find that um, students, um, you know, because you've been a, a, in, in the academic world for a long time and helped build out the, the kind of famous Annenberg Lab and a lot of the student initiatives there, in sim- with similar sort of pushing the edge of technology, are, have you found that students are changing at all? Is their culture changing? Are they still very open to new things? Or are they more closed off? Like, what have you noticed um, from, you know, academia changing? Um, it, it's funny. I think that it's changing, but I also think it's similar, you know? So a lot of the... I would, I would say the thing that's similar is that um, ki- the students are still uh, struggling with uh, trying to find out what the right career is um, and which is the right direction and how do I go there. So I constantly have a line out of my door asking, am I making the right choices in the classes I pick in order to make sure I'm prepared for the right internship or the right job or career when I get out of here? Um, so those type of worries... I think no matter if you remember when you were in college or, or, or currently, those still exist. So I think it's those connections and networking is really important. What's changed that I'm seeing this year is I've been spending a ton of time on Discord. Um, I actually run all my classes through Discord, which some students who are who are gamers are pretty familiar with and others are like, what is this platform? But what I found is it's become a platform that's more than just for gamers. It's actually where a lot of influencers are that are sharing new information on emerging technology. And it's the, it's the place where uh, college kids for sure are socializing and chatting and organizing their projects and their TV series and uh, their clubs 
they're all on Discord in one way or another, um, where if you think about the social media that you often think jump to, you know, Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat, that has now been kind of switched to the place where you go to search for memes. Um, and and um, just for our audience that doesn't know, can you um, Discord is a, a dashboard basically that you would go to and leverage to do all the stuff that you just mentioned? Yeah, Discord is like the new social network. And it started in the gaming community and now is extending to be like a combination of Skype versus Facebook, you know, Skype and Facebook uh, or Skype and Instagram combined, because uh, you've got some real-time uh, capabilities as well as like posting like a social network with text with with instant messaging mixed into it in real time. Oh, it's so exciting! Um, and yeah. you know, just because um, I, I occasionally I teach in the in the spring, and what I have found, and these are not um, students that are opting in for a cool program like yours, but more um, business and marketing students. And to, to me, they, you know, as open and as innovative as they are, they also seem in this bubble of like, what am I supposed to do, to your point, to get to the next thing? And they only, they're, they're very like um, tactical about it. And it seems to me, which is a little different than I was, where I was just like, I just want to have fun and do cool shit. So is, is the, uh, the, are we giving um, rise to a different kind of population of kids? I uh, I would say that every generation uh, gives rise to something new, and I do think that uh, Gen Z they have they've been they've grown up where they realize that you know um, that jobs might not exist when they when they get to adulthood, uh, and they need to make their own jobs. So they're very entrepreneurial. They're very clever in how they go about uh, seeking their internships or seeking their opportunities. Um, I also think, though, there's two kind of social and emotional uh, points that I see in this new generation, which really has has um, exponentially grown. And one is is that um, they're very much more socially conscious. So my students, uh, when we came up with this idea for this like mini con uh, that would tie to Infinity Festival, they were the ones really pushing for a diversity theme. They really are big into uh, looking at inclusion and equity and accessibility and really respecting people for who they are and even if they have a different mindset. And I think in the kind of um, political turmoil that we are and that they've grown up with as teenagers, uh, I, I'm not surprised as to what, they, what they're seeing. And they're in the Me Too. They grew up in the Me Too movement. So they're very much focused on gender equality. You know, all of this is coming to a head that... I think we'll see some real shifts in, in looking at diversity from new lenses. And then the other thing is, is um, I became the advisor to women in gaming here at UT this past year. It's a new student club, and it was girls who reached out to me who asked, who thought that, you know, girls feeling uncomfortable, is that, is that a new thing? And I'm like, oh, honey, I'm uncomfortable <laughs> in this space <laughs> for some time. Don't worry, I got your back on this one, you know. And so we right. started this women in gaming club, and overnight it grew exponentially. And they're, so cool. they're amazing because they're focusing on mental health with each other. So there's a lot of stress here in college. And I think there's a lot of pressure on this generation. And they want to, they're overachievers. Now, it, it, I'm at a top a tier one research university, you know, one of the only public research universities. So they've got uh, high pressure probably on being one of the best up there, like with any of the Ivy Leagues. Um, but I think what's great is that they're supporting each other and they're sharing interesting resources and they're making sure that the community is there for if you ever need to talk to someone. Oh, that's great. I mean, God, it seems to me like, college students now are so much more together than we were, but I guess every generation feels that <laughs> I know, way. Because right? Certainly we weren't, um, it wasn't, the, you know, um, Gen X, but, you know, admittedly at the tail end of that. Um, but I, I never grew up thinking I've got to make the world a better place. I was more just like, I want to 
do cool stuff. And that will in turn make the world a better place. But it wasn't like inclusion, the environment, Me Too, any of that was at the front. It was a hopeful that will also happen too. But it wasn't like yeah. the, immediate, the immediate thing in the front. Um, so when it comes to, to new technology, how do you decide in terms of, um, you know, your syllabus? Um, and then how are the students integrating that? You know, what, what type of tech to pick? Because we've talked for a long time on the show with a lot of executives about how they choose what to implement um, and how do they decide, okay, we're going to focus on this now. This is real enough um, to focus on. Right. That's a really good question, and, and it, it ties directly into Texas Immersive, which is the new specialization I just launched, and I'm working towards it becoming a minor here at UT. Um, and the, there's three kind of core courses, and one of them is on programs and platforms, so trying to pick those technologies. And I actually learned um, this idea from Francois Barr at U, when I was at USC. He had hosted a hack lab, and I've kind of uh, done something similar to that with Texas Immersive, where instead of creating a class where we only teach one platform, it's very much more an open learning environment where students can gravitate uh, gravitate towards the technologies they want to explore. And so I'm asking the students, hey, there's a lot of emerging technology available. There's, you know, uh, augmented reality, virtual reality. I, I call it the in suite of internet, ac- the, I mean, sorry, the uh, suitcase of internet acronyms. So I always go into like AR, VR, IoT, AI. Which one do you want to explore? And right. they'll take a half of the semester um, tinkering with it, you know, and getting online and, you know, c- going to YouTube, University Tube, and exploring some lessons on how it's built. Or maybe we bring in a guest speaker or a guest to do some quick workshops with us, and then they choose how, like, to experiment and develop a story around it. So it's all about learning the affordances of each of these emerging technologies um, so that when they've move into the storytelling class, they actually know which technology affords uh, uh, the right story. That the, They come up with the story first, and they look at the different affordances of the technologies they've explored, and they choose the right one. Huh. Um, again, I, I love um, just how straightforward it is with them, um, which is so different in regular life. <laughs> yeah. Now, the new program that you launched, let's talk a little bit about that because that's really exciting. And this is where you're dealing a bit more with the industry, right, and integrating them yes. into, into your students. So talk a little bit about that. And, wh- and why is that so important? So um, so uh, at Texas Immersive, um, the goal is to combine audience storytelling and emerging technology and have students work in teams to turn real-world plot problems into I hope, memorable experiences. And the real-world problems are things that they uh, hash out with real-world clients. So I've been able to connect with industry partners, and I bring them into the classroom, both in my audience um, development class and then again in my experimental storytelling class to workshop a problem that they're having, whether they're a startup with a new idea. So I've got two real-world clients in my audience development and engagement class right now, and one is on a peer-to-peer like Venmo app on kindness, and the students are trying to figure out who are the early adopters, what's the right audience to uh, that would actually be useful for this app. And we're starting to discover that it's people who give gifts on a daily basis, like realtors give gifts to if you've sold your house. I don't I know when I sold my house, I, maybe because we did so well, I definitely got a gift from my realtor. <laughs> but that's the LA market, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but it might be elsewhere too. <laughs> but it's a different, it's um, a different approach to thinking. Yeah, right. It's definitely a different approach. Yeah, and they have to think through. Well, what is what's the right approach with realtors on doing some sort of like Venmo um, gift, gift giving kindness app. Um, or I've got another one, uh, Wowzy, and they are looking at um, autonomous vehicles and 
making an autonomous vehicle a new branded platform that distributes anything in the CPG space. Uh, and they're starting to see a few of these autonomous vehicles deliver food on campuses, uh, like at Stanford. Have you heard of Arrow? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I've got a client um, this this semester similar to that, but on a much bigger scale than like the little robotic ones that you saw, that you've seen, um, kind of more like a golf cart size, um, moving around and distributing things. And my students are developing what is, who's the right audience, you know, that would be engaging with that. And then you go into experimental storytelling, and I, I'm starting, um, I, I, I I actually uh, modeled the client first and had the students built a whole escape room in a box kit as the acceptance letter for the first group that will get accepted into Texas Immersive. Oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's going to be a surprise. They uh, they um, are applying right now, and the, the first cohort will begin this spring. And those that get accepted get this email um, finding out that they're an agent and need to bring down Helix. <laughs> and they go on this whole adventure throughout all of UT as they discover that they've become an explorer of Texas Immersive. Huh. So you're really combining a lot of um, trends and technology protocols that they would be learning anyway, even in the, the way that you're handling this whole process. I hope so. I mean, I, I, um, I want, I, I deal mostly with upper grad, you know, juniors and seniors and graduate students, and they are on the cusp of getting out in getting a career. And so I'm not a really a professor. You'll find that I'm not a professor who's like loves grades. I'm more like do good work, <laughs> make yeah. cool shit. And, and I want them to experience it like they'll experience it in industry. And that's why I'm always constantly connecting with all of my friends going, so how does this work in industry? So who do you, you know, how do the silos break down or are there silos and where are they? So we can set up the classroom like that as well. Like when they were building the escape room in a kit, um, I had 25 students working on the same project and different teams, a creative director team, a producer team, a media assets team, a writing team, and they all had to work together. And I think that was a new experience for the students to not be broken up into like traditional teams of three and work on your own project, but work really like as if you were in a business making something for a client. Huh. Um, I, I love that. So that they're really they're really learning they're really learning um, how to how to move through a process, you know, in a professional environment yeah. in a certain extent. Um, and so that's yeah. really cool. So you're wrapping in you're wrapping in um, again what you need to get done, but also teaching them along the way. Um, do they yeah, you yeah. do they use this stuff in their regular life? I mean, are they all um, you know, using VR and, you know, playing games and doing all the things that stereotypically we would associate with that generation? Um, I wouldn't say all of them. Um, I actually think that some that come to my class are like a deer in headlights going, what did I just get into? <laughs> because they have been more trained in like traditional copywriting, you know, or account planning. Um, or they've only learned to, to um, do filmmaking or documentary. And immersive, as we both know, it, it is, it's actually a combination of all of those. Like you have to have a lot of different expertise in the room to really think in both uh, digital and physical, tangible moments, right, that are part of the whole experience. And you need all those heads together, working together. And I think, I think that some of my students are gamers and others didn't even know what Discord was, you know. So you should talk to them. I, I think they'd be yeah. like, yeah, Professor Riley's a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just i am always surprised. Sometimes to me, they, they, when I'm talking to the students I have, I feel like they're like, 
you know, 40 years old and, and not interested in anything. And then other times they say things and their life path and the things they do is so innovative and so interesting. And it's a strange mix and always a surprise. Um, we have to take a quick break. Um, but we've been talking to Erin Riley, who's a professor over at Moody College, um, launching all sorts of new initiatives and programs um, to help students learn about new technologies and new content models and new ways of storytelling um, and operationalizing it into a educational program and then expanding it out to the industry um, and sort of creating this wonderful culture um, at the University of Texas in Austin. So we're going to come back in a few moments and we're going to um, um, you know, hear more from Aaron about how you approach all of this and maybe some future casting, Aaron, about what you think sure. is going to happen with a lot of these technologies and these platforms since you're sort of sitting at the heart of both startups and students. Um, it would be interesting to hear you know, how real you think some of this is. So we'll be back. We're on the road to the Infinity Festival, two weeks away from this amazing event happening um, in Los Angeles, in Hollywood, storytelling enabled by technology. We'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. All right, and we are back on the Tech Cat Show, and we have been talking to the fabulous professor, I love saying that, Erin Riley. Um, and Aaron is over at Moody College, University of Texas in Austin, um, basically launching all sorts of new programs um, as part of a, a Texas immersive um, program um, and all based in, in Austin, which is really the center of the storm, certainly for South by Southwest, but sort of the heart of innovation and technology in so many ways in Texas, right? I mean, Austin's kind yeah. of where it's happening. 
Yeah, actually, that's what drew me to Austin. Well, not only because Moody College of Communication is great, but Texas, uh, Austin is definitely becoming a hub. I don't think just for technology. I think it's really becoming um, a nice petri dish of creatives and media artists mixed with technologists, with developers. You know, so it's kind of this convergence of the two here in Austin that makes it such an interesting um, hub to pilot some immersive work. I mean, I don't know if you know, but MWM that's based in Los Angeles and someone that I really follow in regards to immersive, they actually uh, brought War Remains, which is their new uh, immersive experience, here to Austin first to pilot test it and make it you know, make sure that like what what is the business modeling and how will people take it on and get the bugs out and everything. And I had the opportunity of um, bringing um, Brandon, the producer, and Alyssa, who's senior VP of publishing, and Jen from Flight School, their developers who are actually based out of Dallas, uh, all here to UT Austin to talk with the students. And it was it was an amazing experience and one that students. Some of them had never even visited or been in one of those immersive, untethered VR experiences that have the tangible touch to it like the void does. Oh, that's um, so, so it was cool. a great opportunity. Yeah, so, great opportunity. So how important is it? Because academia in the past was always sort of blamed for being stagnant, right? Um, and I certainly, when I went to school, you know, 150 years ago, um, I remember the professors that made the classes really interesting and exciting, and they were relevant to when I left school. And then I remember the professors that basically just dug into a bag, blew the like dirt, you know, off of and dust off of uh, index cards, and it was so boring and so not relevant, you know. And um, I know from being an adjunct professor that one of the reasons I teach at Loyola, one of the reasons they love adjuncts is because we're bringing in modern and contemporary thinking into the university. So we're actually professionals out in the world bringing that in. Now you are coming from this mix and you're bringing all of that in, but how, how do you keep it fresh? If you're deep inside of academia, you know, how do you wrap in what's happening in the industry? Um, so I, I learned this from Henry Jenkins years ago um, when we were, when I worked with him at Comparative and, and, Media Studies. And he's studies. famous. Henry Jenkins is famous. Maybe just give a little background on him because people should know about him. Yeah, so Henry Jenkins, um, I first met him at MIT when he uh, launched Comparative Media Studies, which was like a sister program to the MIT Media Lab. Uh, our difference was that we were uh, developing kind of the humanists who would work with the technologists to think through what would we would do with this. And he had six different research labs there. I ran the new media literacies, which helped launch the digital media and learning field. Uh, and that was, gosh, over 15 years ago. He's, he would, what I would call Henry is Henry is like the Marshall McLuhan of today's generation. Um, he had coined the term participatory culture, and actually with the rise of the internet, we saw it exponentially grow to the importance of people feeling like they can contribute meaningfully uh, to a community, and that even if they don't want to, that their contribution matters. Um, and he's at USC, uh, right, in your, right in the Infinity Festival's backyard as a provost professor, um, and where we continued working together when I ran the Annenberg uh, Lab for USC. Yeah, so, I, I was um, a, a fangirl of, of his. So, so he talked a lot about weaving in the industry or, or at least he people did. who are working into academia. Yeah, he actually did. He, he always told us, uh, everyone that uh, graduated from his program, to uh, be a public intellectual and make sure that you always had one foot in industry, one foot in academia, and one foot in consulting. And so learning that at, at the kind of early stages of my career made me always make sure that whether I was working in industry for a big company or working in academia, I always made bridges and tried being that translator in order to make sure that what we were teaching or what we were researching in a lab at the university was very relevant and connected to industry sponsors or partners of the work. 
And the consulting, you know, keeps me, I still consult today, and it's so that I can continually connect with people uh, as to how do you, how do you, how do you sell our research? A lot, you know, like I have companies talking about my engagement research and I want to know how it's sold and uh, where clients will use it, how it will be taken up in industry and how can I improve upon these frameworks in order to um, continue to do, you know, do, do my part of this equation, right? Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Um, because it requires that integration of what's happening out there and then also operationalizing it to be a course because you still have to have an academic r- rigor to these things because people are being graded and these grades matter. And so and also you have you know, they have to you have to accomplish something right like you, they're, you're teaching. Right. So I always think back to when we were studying um, the new media literacy skill appropriation, which is, you know, sampling, right? It's remix, the ability to like sample. And, and um, I think it was the same time when Creative Commons had launched. And um, there was this great video about standing on the shoulders of giants. And I always think of that in my head when I put a course together, because though I want to stay relevant and provide kind of industry experiences provide real-world clients of, like, having sponsors come in to, into my lab or into my class and work directly with the students. I'm also always referencing uh, past frameworks and research and articles and, and professors that have actually helped build this, knowledge, this body of knowledge. And to me, that's making sure that students know where things came from and that we're standing on the shoulders of giants. That's so um, a great way to, to look at it, um, you know, because that in- integration is so so key. So for you, um, again, you're, you're deciding what your course is here. Um, how real world does it have to be in order, you think, for students to really get it? Like, um, you know, the biggest criticism about those of us who are in innovation is people say to us, well, that's a couple of years away, or that's not real, or people aren't doing that yet. But as we all know, you know, the rate of change is happening so fast. And, um, you know, it used to be things were like four or five years away, and now it's just six months, you know. And things that you see at trade shows literally launch within weeks of them being seen at trade shows. So, um, you know, how is that managed in your world? Well, I think that we need to realize that uh, there's a lot of tools out there now um, that are technical, that changes the way we think about prototyping. Um, so where we, five, ten years ago, said prototype everything, make sure you can always do it with, like, paper cutouts and, and like, stick figures and draw things on, a, on, on the back of a napkin, um, as easy as that is to do these days, uh, what's just as easy is using platforms like Envision, right, where you can immediately show it on your mobile device and say, here, here's what it's going to look like. And even with, like, some of the more emerging technologies, um, AI, uh, it's not, you don't, it's not, you don't need to learn how to code to actually build a simple bot these days and be able to practice some of kind of the key characteristics of creating a voice assistant, Right. Or same thing with AR, you know, AR kit and AR core has made it really easy. API, software development kits, they're all out there with a lot of plugins that allows us to um, make prototyping faster than we've ever seen it. And then let's just add in, uh, you know, platforms like Unity and Unreal. Like I brought Unreal to UT this past summer because I really believe that it is the next wave like Adobe got involved in education. I think Unreal Engine will become the next wave in education of a platform that can be used in not just gaming. It can be used in architecture. It can be used in filmmaking. It can be used just in setting up a user experience and prototyping what a retail store will look like one day. It's, it's a great tool. And with blueprints, you don't even need to know how to code. And so I think that's what often scares people is that, oh my gosh, I don't have these skills. But in actuality, with a little bit of workshopping, um, these skills are really ready for you to use. Um, and it's, it's removing that fear. 
You know, removing that fear from people, I think, is super important. And getting them to realize to just jump and try things and prototype in new ways. Do you think there's a business category right now that is doing that more than others? I mean, certainly media entertainment is coming along, but like you mentioned, we're seeing a lot more movement in enterprise, say, when it comes to VR and AR, because there are real business solutions there. Um, So are there other, you know, are there businesses, categories that you think just will always be, you know, rampant with innovation just due to the nature of the category? Um, I, I would agree with you that uh, B2B is definitely an area where they experiment because they are always looking for new ways of say, selling their product. And, and, and um, I, I also think that, um, which, which is another one that could be, you know, I want some industries to be more innovative, like healthcare. <laughs> um, right, right. But it's coming along. Um, I, I would say that probably the next one is a CPG. You know, uh, they they are that's more of a B two C approach. They have to reach audiences, but audiences are often you know distracted because there's so much information out there. So I find that uh, agencies that are working on lifestyle or CPG brands are constantly trying to be forward-thinking in their approach, engaging the the audience and fans. Um, The one thing I try uh, teaching my students who are really working in this space is, like, how can you push back the gimmick, you know? Because often they try being being forward-thinking and experimenting, but it it falls flat because they haven't really understood the affordances of that medium. And is it is it hard to bring that same thinking, though, to, say, the people running the university? You know, um, are people that are running universities now more open, do you think, than corporations have been? Um, or, you, you know, you're at a great place right now and they just get it. You know, obviously they brought you on, but also they're letting you invest in these programs. Um, mm-hmm. So do you think that that's changing at university leadership as well? Um, I think I I think that they they realize they have to change. You know that college to career is becoming more important for the students that are investing in coming and getting a degree, and so the relationships between industry and academia have to shift. Um, and I think that that's hard because of um, how academia has been set up in the past with tenured positions and uh, a lot of professors who have been here a long time do not want to change. But I I wouldn't say that not everyone wants to change. I think that there are both tenured and non-tenured professors who see that the world is changing and that academia needs to change too. It's just, uh, you're, you know, you're, you're moving a huge bureaucracy Um, And just like any major corporation that has been, uh, you know, around for 40 plus, 100 plus years, you're, you're moving a huge cruise ship, you know, so I, I believe that the way to move that huge cruise ship is to get out those lifeboats first, (laughs) you know, and and get a guess. Get a little bit of things moving and kind of like trailing around them while they slowly do that shift and turn. Um, luckily, I see at the at the different universities I've been able to be at um, that there's always someone in senior leadership who's paying attention to the future and trying to be that change. And I feel oh like my God, I love both those more. statements: paying attention to the future and be that change. Um, and tell us a little bit, um, just because um, we're running out of time, but I want to hear a little bit more about what your plans are at the Infinity Festival for the um, for the students that are coming and what you're going to be doing there. Yeah, so um, the UT students are pretty excited about the Infinity Festival. Um, I know starting here last year, we came, but it was too early in my tenure here. Um, but now, just having a year under my belt, I think over 25 students are traveling from Austin uh, to, 
to Los Angeles, to Hollywood, um, to get a, a, a taste of infinity. And um, I'm hoping that a few of the students uh, actually are being worked into panels. Um, I know Mitch Tyatt, who just graduated, uh, he was my first program coordinator for Imagine Moody, our Innovation and Entrepreneurship Initiative. And he, his thesis was on meet Russian memes. Uh, so his interesting visualizations uh, point out the meme culture of his generation and how a lot of those actually, uh, he, he's able to like track it all the way back to where they originated and how they played into the uh, Russia being involved in the 2014 campaign. It's pretty fascinating. That's so that's so cool, and that's one of the things that I'm most excited about the um, Infinity Festival is that literally we're curating as things happen. Because um, normally when I curate a show, it's locked down like two months before the show, which is kind of standard. But in this case, we're really curating as things launch and happen because we want those three days to be cutting edge. And so Mitch is an example of, you know, really uh, jumping into a current theme. And you're an example of bringing in students, but also tying it into, you know, an opportunity for a student and an award and really bringing in cultural um, moments that are happening right now, um, you know, into a, a day and a moment so that people can experience it all. Now, as someone who does have to have their finger on the pulse, um, but also as a yeah, full-time yeah. job, and you're also a mom and a wife, and you've got all sorts of, of uh, things going on. And you and I always talk about um, how crazy life is. Um, how, I know, uh, right? Where are you going to keep up with all of this stuff? Are there shows that you go to and make sure you attend? Are there Twitter followers, Twitter, uh, you know, influencers or blogs or things that you follow to keep up with everything? Yeah, I... Um well, I, I must say I'm definitely inspired my, by my students, um, and being on Discord this past year has really opened up some new doors, uh, so I think that's been an interesting platform, and I'm just lucky that they're literally giving me way too many servers than I can handle right now, <laughs> but they're like, Professor Riley, will you look at this one? Hey, join us here, which is, which is, which is, which might be a blessing and a curse, um, the, the conferences I go to, I'm excited about Infinity Festival. Um, South by is in my backyard right now, so that's always nice. Um, the one that I uh, am probably going to get away to this year, and luckily because it's moved to June, is the future of storytelling um, that Charlie puts on. So I'm, I'm hoping to get to that one. Um, I've been kind of looking at IAPA uh, just because I, uh, I want to see... I've got some friends who are going and thought I might, I might tag along. Um, and then, gosh, who do I follow? Who do I not follow? <laughs> I think we all follow each other and then some. Um, but have I followed anyone recently? Well, actually, I'm really keeping an eye on um, Jeffrey Gomez's work because he just put out a whole new curriculum, or I don't know if he's calling it a curriculum, but a whole new framework on the collective storytelling, which he's been working on for years. And it's about pushing beyond the hero of the journey to the collective journey. And I think that there's a lot of weight behind that um, that I'd like to introduce to the students. Um, so I've been really following him lately. Oh, I love that. Because um, it's always good to hear from influencers what's influencing them. So where can we follow what you're up to, all your fabulous shenanigans? Is is there some links or uh, Twitter feeds or anything that we can follow? Yes. Um, E.B. Riley for Twitter. Uh, Aaron B. Riley for Instagram. I know it's shocking, but I got on Instagram really late, which is not my norm. Um, and then you can follow... <laughs> I, I know, uh, that's a long story. Uh, then you can follow uh, Imagine Moody, at Imagine Moody on everything. Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, Imagine Moody is on Facebook, has a Facebook page. Um, and then we also have, that we just launched yesterday, uh, Texas Immersive, which is UTX Immersive on all the channels. Fantastic. And of course, she'll be speaking at the Infinity Festival on Friday, 
November 8th, and we're very excited about that. Um, and then if, if anybody wanted to come and visit your lab or engage with you on any level, if they're an outside professional and they want to get involved with your students, what's the best way for them to do that? Oh, definitely get in touch with me. Um, you can reach me at ebriley at utexas.edu. I am always looking for partners who want to become real-world clients in the courses or actually even extend further and become a member of Texas Immersive. And let's conduct some new research, applied research together. That would be great. Oh, and before we go, you should also mention um, your business, um, which um, I love your business, um, Erin, um, which is Riley Works, which is um, you're building all these great um, connected experiences for families to get active and play together. Yes, yes. I have two business partners. Um, I'm lucky my husband, Shane Riley, is running this company um, with our friend, Corey Jones. And uh, we have two properties that we are currently looking for partners and investors on. One is Carpe, uh, which is an augmented reality play experience. And our first game on this kind of physical, digital Easiest way to explain it is uh, it's, it's literally a platform where Nerf meets Nintendo. Um, and it, it, uh, the first game is Squirrel Smash, where you can go outside and beat up <laughs> digital squirrels uh, through augmented reality glasses. Um, I always imagined re- reimagining field day with augmented reality and physical objects was my original idea for that one. Um, and then Winkle Beans uh, is actually a television series mixed with a smart uh, toy um, that we're working on. And that is uh, little wooden monsters with magnetic, censored magnetic interchangeable pieces. Um, and their goal in life is to work together while exploring and saving our environment. Fantastic. All right. Well, we're going to wrap, but we have been talking to the amazing Erin Riley, who is professor at Moody College at the University of Texas in Austin, who has just launched um, a whole bunch of um, new programs there, director of innovation and entrepreneurship. And I love this professor of practice um, because practice makes everything better. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um, exactly. Aaron has been exactly. a, lo- a long-time innovator, driving a lot of engagement with students and um, just doing so so many wonderful things. So thank you so much, Aaron, for taking time to talk to us on the road to the Infinity Festival where we've been chatting for the last two months with all these uh, uh, really amazing professionals who are driving innovation um, in the media content and technology space. So we're looking forward to seeing Aaron at the festival and just a great opportunity to wrap together a series of interviews around people doing um, amazing things. So thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you, Lori. It's been great connecting with you again, and I'll see you soon. Yeah, and we'll be wrapping up the um, Road to Infinity Festival series in the next two weeks as we get closer to the event. So stick around, check out our other interviews, and we'll be seeing you next week. We'll hearing from you next week on the Road to the Infinity Festival on the Tech Cat Show. Thanks, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 